going on, everybody? This is the 11th episode of the Educated Fan. I am Brandon, and I am joined by your co-host and my best friend, Andrew Moore. How are we doing this week, bud? We're doing pretty great. It's been it's been kind of rainy up here in our area, but uh, yesterday was beautiful. Got to have a cookout, had some friends over. It's uh, shaping up to be start the start of spring, and because it's been raining and we haven't been able to do anything <laughs> right. all spring, but. Uh, yeah, it was a good week. How about yourself, man? It was great. I got real sunburnt yesterday. Uh, nice. Helping my sister move. Um, it got real hot out yesterday. That was great. Um, so, yeah, I got a weekend off three days in a row. Probably won't happen again until I take vacation or something. Uh, but, yeah, so it was, it's a good week. Um, so, this week, we got some quarterback talk going for you. Um, going to go over, you know, the different media stuff that some players and coaches were involved in this week. We're going to talk about the big hidden games around the league. Uh, and then we got a little NFC West breakdown for you, as well as your favorite segment, new kid at school. Yeah. So I feel like, I feel like we should kind of explain to the listeners what's going to happen since this is the start of the summer, basically where there's going to be hardly any NFL news. Um, we're thinking about going through each position group of the Colts, kind of just breaking down what we expect, um, giving our thoughts on on the players and 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 kind of what they're going to bring to the team if they're new additions, um, and kind of what you can, like I said, what we can expect from the players. So we'll give a position by position breakdown and uh, tell us what you think about our about our predictions or what we think. It's uh, it's up for debate. So I think this will be fun, kind of a little in depth view of each position. Absolutely. Uh, so, why don't we go ahead and jump on into the quarterback talk? Uh, so, we're obviously going to start with Philip Rivers, old man Rivers, our starting quarterback. That's it. Period. Our starting yeah. quarterback. Uh, what do you? What do you? What do you want to chat about with old man? So, I think it's interesting that at the start of the offseason, even at the start of our our show here, those first couple episodes, how we were thinking that we might not be able to go after or we shouldn't go after Philip Rivers um just because of what had happened and and then we hear all the news obviously he's on our team now um so so let's take a look at Philip Rivers i mean obviously last year wasn't his best year he had all those interceptions it seemed like he was forcing things um but when when you hear Frank Reich and Nick Sirianni talk about Philip Rivers they talk about how Nothing has fallen off physically. He still has the arm that can make all of those throws down the field. Um, we know that that Philip Rivers is a guy that can be aggressive, which is going to be something that I think the Colts will um, will really accept and really uh, embrace because you hear Frank Reich talk about it all the time. We need more explosive plays, not only in the run game, but especially in the pass game. I think the Colts ranked 28th last year in explosive plays through the passing game, and that's that's just not going to win you games. So obviously, Philip Rivers can make those throws. Um, he's someone that really hasn't had great protection his entire career, and while he's been a a guy that it seems like he's a statue in the pocket, you're going to need a top flight offensive line to be successful. And, and Sirianni even talked about it this week. One of the main reasons that Phillip rivers came to the Colts was Anthony Costanzo, Quentin Nelson, Ryan Kelly, Mark Lewinsky, and Braden Smith, right? That offensive line 
easily top three in the league. We think it's the best offensive I line in the league. I absolutely think it's the best offensive and line. And so it's going to be the first time that Phillip Rivers has that that phenomenal protection. So while he is an older quarterback, he's I think we can all agree he's one of the smartest quarterbacks in the league. Yep. Um, he's got a weapon in T.Y. Hilton, one of the best deep threats in the NFL still today. Um, and I think that's really going to be a great connection to see. I think T.Y. Hilton is going to have a big year. We'll talk about T.Y. a little bit later in the show. But uh, I think that, that, that Philip Rivers, if he had to come into a different situation other than, than Los Angeles, it's, it's making more and more sense. And um, I'm excited to kind of see what exactly happens with, with all of that. Right. And uh, and I'll kind of I don't know what you have written down for some notes later, but I'll kind of talk about this in a bit. But Philip Rivers is going to make everybody around him better. I think so, too. I mean, uh, Sirianni even went as far as to say this man's going to make, you know, the backup cornerback better. You know what I mean? It, <laughs> right. He's going to make every, the, the running backs better. Um, and he's not only that, but like you said, he hasn't had any fall off physically and the big blue wall in front of him. I, I, it's gonna, I like that name. Big yeah, I know. Wall. I won't tell you who, uh, I got it from. Um, <laughs> but it, the fact that Florio is talking about our big blue wall mm-hmm. just shows you how good it is. Cause he never talks about the Colts. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Phil's just going to be, and I think he's still going to be good physically. I don't have any questions about that. He got the crap beat out of him last year mm-hmm. and probably a few years before that. So his production is not going to be as high if that's mm-hmm. going on. Another thing we can think about too is it's not going to solely be on Phillip Rivers to to lead this team. Um, we're still going to run the damn ball. I mean, obviously, with picking up, with drafting Jonathan Taylor. I mean, we're right. still putting a huge emphasis on 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 running the ball. And I don't think Phillip Rivers is going to be throwing it 40, 45 times a nope. game. I could very easily see maybe between 27 to, to 32, 33 most games. Sure. And um, how did Peyton Manning win his second Super Bowl? By defense and running the ball. Exactly. So it's He's pretty much a game manager by that point in the season. Right. Because he was hurt. Oh, yeah. But uh, so it's not going to be all, all on Phillip Rivers. And I feel like watching some some games last year with with Los Angeles and even throughout his career, a lot of times it is put solely on Phillip Rivers to just take the team and, and kind of will it to win. And I think with how well-rounded Indianapolis is um, on both sides of the ball, I mean, Marlon Mack, Jonathan Taylor, and then um, we upgraded in the receiving core. T.Y. Hilton, by all indications, is coming back healthy um, and, and is poised to have a, a monster year and prove doubters wrong. Michael Pittman, Paris Campbell has been working on his body, mm-hmm. the the consistent uh, Zach Paschal, and then the tight ends that, I mean, Phillip Rivers loves him some tight ends, just like Absolutely. Frank Reich, Jack Doyle, WWJD. Uh, you got Trey Burton coming, who's looking to prove himself uh, to get rid of that injury label and have a big year back with Frank Reich. Yep. Um, and then Mo Ali Cox, who who can play, is a very well-rounded tight end, can block, can do some in the receiving game as well. So he's going to have plenty of weapons, and it's not going to be all on him. And and taking that pressure off of a 38-year-old Phillip Rivers, I think it's, it's going to help, and you're going to see him possibly return to that form of how he was in just just a couple years ago when he was in the conversation for MVP yep. so it's on the surface when you when you first thought about it it's kind of you kind of have some recency bias I think yeah you seeing possibly well, this could team be bias team bias as well I mean yeah. we, we want the Colts to do good we right 
and in order for that to happen, Philip Rivers has got to pan out. So mm-hmm. we're hopeful. But you, you see the recency bias in in his performance, like last year. You think, oh, that now it's the start of the decline. Well, gotcha. Not necessarily. I mean, a a change of scenery for for older guys has in recent years has shown to be good. Um, he can come in here. He's already knows the offense, mm-hmm. and I saw that that they were saying that that Philip Rivers is adding stuff to to Frank Reich's offense and bringing stuff from LA that he can incorporate but he yeah. already knows the system pretty much so he's got a head start on that um I, I think Philip Rivers can come in and and really surprise some people now is he going to lead the league in yardage and touchdowns no is he going to be a pro bowler he may not even be a pro bowler but the thing is if if he can just be a a quality top 10 quarterback in this he's league, just got to do be there to win games I think That's I think it. I think the Colts were gonna do just fine at I, quarterback if if he can even be a top 10 quarterback in this league which very easily he can do um but I, but I just I just think that's so critical that it's not going to be all on him, and that's probably another reason why he came to Indianapolis. He had he has a bunch of help, right? And Kenny Moore called T.Y. Hilton the hardest or the toughest receiver he's ever guarded. Now, mm-hmm. get, don't get me wrong, Kenny Moore's being a good teammate here. T.Y. Hilton's probably not the best receiver Kenny Moore has ever covered, but that T.Y. is still that good, um, and I was going to say something else about Phil, and I forget. He could, here we go. He could have close to the most touchdowns, depending on what our red zone offense looks like. Yeah, you I never. Mean, I mean, you never know there, especially with the two big tight ends. He loves tight ends, um, and our offense loves Mike, tight ends. Michael so. Pittman's going to be a red zone yep. threat. Exactly. I mean, early last year for Jacoby Brissett, before before Ty got injured, I think he was either tied or leading the league in touchdown catches. He had like five or six through yeah. the first seven games. Yep. So I mean, Ty was on pace just last year before. He got hurt with that freak calf injury that he was going to have another breakout, another right. monster year. Not breakout because, I mean, T.Y. Hilton's one of the best receivers that's what in the game. Brissett throwing on the ball. Right. Yeah. So uh, I think that Phillip Rivers, I mean, obviously, <laughs> we're, we're not expecting him to be an MVP candidate. He's going to win MVP. That's from Brandon. But anyways. I'm, I'm not, not a chance. I think, I really think he can succeed, especially in this offense with Frank Reich. Frank right it's going to the offense is going to look a lot more like how it did in 2018 with Andrew Luck here sure. um the offense changed drastically because of Luck's retirement and having to do things more to Jacoby's strengths the the short throws being a little bit more cautious but I think with with Philip Rivers and him still being able to rip it down the field you you will see more deep shots. You will see a lot more play action because mm-hmm. of of Marlon Mack and Jonathan Taylor um, hopefully being able to go off this year, and I fully expect them to go off behind the, this offensive line again. Um, it's Philip Rivers is going to have every opportunity to, to succeed. So as long as he can put the pieces together, um, create that rapport with his receivers, with everything going on, that's probably going to be a little bit tough. Um but but T.Y. Hilton was talking this week and said whenever they have a chance to, he's going to meet up with Phil and and they're going to get that rapport yep. going. So I think I think Philip Rivers is in the best position he can be, and I think he has every every tool and every weapon possible for him to succeed. Awesome. So next up on the roster, Jacoby Brissett. What do we think he's going to bring to the table? I personally think the biggest 
factor he's going to bring, obviously, aside from depth, is leadership in the locker room still. Yeah, I think so. I mean, the people still saying that the Colts should trade him. A couple things on that. First of all, again, recency bias. You need a good backup quarterback in this league. You remember 2017 when they didn't have a good backup and Andrew missed the year. We had to bring Jacoby in and try to catch him up on the fly. And that's right. that's partially why they did so terribly that year. Um, last year, when Luck retires, imagine if we don't have Jacoby Brissett. We're stuck with Brian Hoyer to lead Ooh. us all year. So it's you need to have that backup quarterback and and the Colts are still high on Jacoby. They they think mm-hmm. he's a he's a great leader, a great locker room guy and and you need to have that person on your team cuz I mean people follow that. And we we've got a young quarterback in Jacob Eason that we'll talk about here in a second, but he's he's there to to not only contribute to the offense, but he'll be someone that Jacob can can learn from, somebody that can be his mentor. Um, and the people that are saying Jacoby should be traded, another point against that is I don't think there's going to be that big of a trade market for him. Right. Pretty much all. Not with all the quarterbacks that have already signed and Cam Newton still sitting out there. Right. There's there's so many quarterbacks that that are already signed, like you said. There's not that many starting positions available, even backup positions. Cam Newton is able is out there to sign where the, all they would need to do is sign him to a contract. They don't have to give up anything for him. Mm-hmm. It's there's not much of a trademark there. The Colts have already paid him seven million guaranteed for his roster bonus. The only thing that would help them by cutting him or trading him is they get rid. They open up like seven million in cap space. The Colts don't need cap space right now. We still got yeah. twenty million in cap space. They're not trying to go after anybody. It's at this point, it's a it's a dumb proposition. Now, when we first signed Philip Rivers, we thought maybe. The Colts could trade Jacoby, um, but instead they decided to to release Brian Hoyer. So I think, again, that just shows how high the Colts are on Jacoby Brissett, and, and they still think he's a valuable part of this team, even in a backup capacity. So, um, And I think, I think he's going to be good with that role. I think while he's – I mean, obviously, when you lose your job, you're going to be upset, but mm-hmm. – the kind of person Jacoby is and the kind of leader Jacoby is in the locker room, he's still going to give it his all in that backup role. He's still going to prepare as the starter because he said he did that when luck was here. Cause again, you never know when you have a 38 year old Phillip rivers, Phil rivers has never missed a game, but at the same time that could change any second where he goes out of the game and Jacoby has got to be ready to go in there and, and, and pick up where, where, where uh, rivers left off. Right. And it's not like, Jacoby doesn't have anything to learn from Phil. I don't think Phil's oh, yeah, going to be you know, a hardcore mentor, you know, because I think he's focused on this year and and being successful. I don't think he's going to, you know, go out of his way to help Jacoby out. But he's still, I mean, Jacoby's going to learn. He can learn by example. Exa- exactly. Yeah. And so, and then, like you said, he, he could be a good mentor to, you know, Jake Beeson. And he's been a backup quarterback. He knows how to be a good backup quarterback. Uh, so he's going to provide that for us right now. And mm-hmm. he could be setting Jacob Eason up to be his backup next year. We don't know. Yeah. <laughs> There's just so many unknowns with the quarterback position in the future for the Colts that that really yeah. anything could happen. I mean, Philip Rivers could be here next year. Jacoby Percet could be here next year. I mean, it could be just Jacob Eason here next year. You, you, you never know. So 
I mean, Jacoby still has a vital role on this team, like I've been saying. And and it's it's if it's shown us anything in the past few years, especially going through everything we did with Andrew Luck, you still do need a, a high-caliber backup quarterback. I mean, yep. look what happened in New Orleans last well, year. Well, hey, is he a high-caliber backup quarterback? According to a list we saw this week, he's not even top six. Yeah, I was pretty upset Absurd. about that. I guess Jacoby retired and we didn't hear about it. Clearly must not be active <laughs> but like i was saying think of think of new orleans last year drew Brees goes down bridgewater steps in and is able to to keep them afloat until drew comes back um and that's just one of the many situations that that's goes on i mean new orleans they lost teddy and they bring in james winston to be the backup so having a high quality backup quarterback is important in this league because if your starter does go down you still need somebody to come in there and, and like I said, keep the ship afloat. So I think that's what Jacoby can do. Again, and you brought up a very good point. Jacoby can learn a lot from Phillip Rivers. Yeah. Um, I mean, Phil isn't probably going to be the mentor type, but you can learn by example. Um, Phillip Rivers, everything we've heard, a phenomenal teammate. So he's going to reach out as best as he can to try to help. But, as, but at the same time, Jacoby's going to have a, a vital role in that quarterback room as well, trying to pr- prep Phillip Rivers contribute to those meetings contribute to the offense in the best he can and that just just because that's the kind of teammate in person he is right Jacob Eason get that water while Andrew's sucking down his water I just saw a post uh on Instagram it was fake it said Jaguars were signing Colin Kaepernick to a one-year deal and I was freaking out going through Twitter finding Shefty's account <laughs> like oh my gosh is this real it wasn't real I got real excited there for a second yeah okay so going on to Jacob Beeson um look at the title of this episode slow in our role so when when Eason was drafted um Chris Ballard made it a point saying that I mean don't anoint this guy the messiah right yeah. now he's a fourth round pick he's got a lot of work to do um Frank Rex talked about it. I mean, obviously, the arm strength is there. The kid has a hose attached to him. Mm-hmm. Just an absolute cannon. Um, can make every single throw. But the thing is, in the NFL, accuracy is what wins. Right. So they're going to be working on his footwork. They're going to be working on his uh, his preparation skills, his, his processing, going through those reads. And all of that adds up to accuracy. So... And, and Frank Reich was talking about it. The, the accuracy also comes from how quickly you are able to process those reads, mm-hmm. process defenses, so you're able to get the ball out quickly and get it where it needs to go. Um, so Jacob Beeson has a lot of work to do. So just because we drafted a quarterback, that doesn't mean he's going to be the quarterback of the future. He's got to prove it. And they, they've even said he's competing with Chad Kelly for the third quarterback spot on this roster. So the kid hasn't even made the team yet. He still has to come in, perform, show he's going to put the work in, show that he has the potential to to not, or I should say, has at least the potential mm-hmm. to upgrade himself and get better. But he also needs to start, start showing it, and I think start yeah. showing it right away. Because if not, and, and those rumors or those those stories are true that he's not a hard worker he doesn't want to come in and compete um football's not everything to him he's going to get a wake-up call the colts will cut Mm -hmm. him i mean they've shown time and time again that it doesn't matter who you are or where you were drafted if you're not producing and you're not getting better you're not going to be a part of this team yeah well 
me as a fan that had Peyton and then Andrew right afterwards for mm. so long have had very little quarterback issues since I've been a Colts fan. We've been spoiled as Colts fans. I want Jacob Eason to be real good. I want him I want oh, yeah. him to pan out. I, I want him I want him to put the work in this year and maybe be the starter next year. I don't know what will happen, but that's my hope. Um and I think I think to talk about him com- obviously he's technically competing with Chad Kelly. Mm-hmm. I don't think he loses the comp competition with Chad Kelly. I don't think so I think either. Them but. making sure they're saying it over and over, you know, it is just to help motivate him a bit and make sure he's putting in the work. Because like you said, there's issues in the past where he wasn't putting in the work. Football's not his number one priority, but hey, he's getting paid a lot of money now to to play a game. So mm-hmm. he better put the work in and I think that's just a little motivation factor for him. Yeah. And and those 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 stories about him not putting the work in, not not being all in, a lot of that came from Georgia. Um, and when he lost the starting job to Jake Fromm and transferred to Washington, I, I think that alone was a wake-up call. That showed him, like, you can't just rely on your cannon arm to get things done. You do need to continue to better yourself as a quarterback with your accuracy, your footwork, um, being a leader within the locker room. Mm-hmm. And and I don't think the Colts would have taken him if those stories were still true. I mean, we talk about it all the time on this show, and you can just see it by what the the Colts' moves are. Character, character, character. They want hardworking guys, guys that are great teammates. So if if that was still true and he was somebody that was goofing off, wasn't taking it seriously, I don't think he'd be a member of the Colts right now. Right. So, and he's said all the right things so far. Yeah, he in has. In media conversations, even when he was just doing live Q&As on Twitter. Right. I mean, he knows what he has to improve on, too. That his accuracy, his footwork, and I saw, I even saw this morning before we were we were recording. He is out in California currently working out and throwing with Michael Pittman Jr. Love that, and Desmond Patman, the two wide receivers the Colts took in this draft with him. So he's already trying to build a rapport with his teammates out there. Mm-hmm. That's and he hasn't even been on the, a member of the Colts for a month. There, yeah. he's he's in the team meetings. He's doing really well in the team meetings, from what I'm hearing. Um, contributing, he's still in constant contact with Frank Reich and and uh, and Marcus Brady and Nick Sirianni, and and showing, and at least it shows me that he's working out with his teammates. He really does care, and he wants to build a rapport with these new guys and with his teammates as quickly as he can. Um, mm-hmm. And that really impressed me when I saw that. So I think he has done all the right things so far. Again, it, we're not going to know this for a very long time whether. He can be the the future franchise quarterback for the Colts. Um, he's he's got to put the work in. I think he's off to a great start. He's got all the physical tools. It's just can he get that accuracy to be at an elite level where we can trust to give him the keys to the franchise? Absolutely. Uh, Chad Kelly. You know, right? We just. I mean, we've said plenty about him. Uh, anything you want to add? I've obviously he's competing with Eason for yeah, the third spot, but competing with Eason, probably still be on practice squad even if he doesn't. Yeah, I think he could be a candidate for the practice squad. So far, he's he's done all the right things since he came to be a member of the Colts. Um, we haven't heard any character issues out of him. We've heard he's been a hard worker um, constantly in the film room. So, I mean, he, he is working hard. I do think that eventually Easton will, will take over and, and, and make the team, and, and Kelly will probably be one of those options cut. So um, I'm not sure if he'll be on the Colts this year. Like you said, maybe practice squad, but um, 
you you never know. All those fans that are that are wanting Swag Kelly to come out there, I think it's uh, I think it's the end for them. So yeah, and we talked about this a little bit before we started recording. Uh, he was Swag Kelly was not going to come in and replace Jacoby Brissett. Period. There he wasn't going to be better than Jacoby Brissett. Maybe better than Hoyer, but not better than Jacoby Brissett. That there was insane. Were, there were a lot of idiotic takes about uh, putting Chad Kelly in towards the end of the year for um, for Jacoby Brissett to see what he had, including the guy that sit, that sits next to me in my season ticket uh, oh, seats. Almost every character. game, he would yell out to put Chad Kelly in, and I it, it irritated me to no end. So, you gonna ask him to listen to the podcast this year? I might. Yeah, tell, hey man, check this out on your way home. I'll tell all the Colts fans. Tell to them listen. not to listen to episode eleven. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh gosh, uh, yeah, I think one of I don't know if this buddy of mine listens or not, but I mean, he was one of them. You know, towards the end of the season, still chirping, put Kelly in. So. It's more about the name and the hype around the name that they want to see him. And a lot of people saw what he did in the preseason and thought, I mean, he's got something. But again, it's preseason. He's going up against third stringers and guys that didn't even make NFL rosters. So mm-hmm. it's it's a lot different when you're going up against those those starter caliber players, guys who have been in the league a long time, and when you're actually getting schemed up against and not uh-huh. just having the very basic of the NFL offense and defense right. going against you. All right. So this week we had a few members of the Colts uh, speaking to the media, uh, including Matt Eberflus. So defensive what? coordinator, defensive coordinator Colts. Uh, so I don't know. We just want to go through these and, you know, pick out maybe what we thought the main takeaway was from each of these guys talking for mm-hmm. me, for Matt Eberflus. Um, really was just improvement at all levels of the defense. Um, and he didn't come out and say this, but just based on all the stuff he was talking about, this is what I took from mm-hmm. it. There's improvements at all levels. Um, and there's an improvement to depth at all levels. You know, and he talked about the depth at different positions now that we have with Sheldon Day, um, Carey, mm-hmm. uh, and, you know, he talked about the newer guys to the team. What was it? Windsor? Uh, he did talk about Robert yeah. Windsor. So Julian um, Blackman. Yeah, so we he he talked a lot about you know the depth of the team that we have now, and I think uh, we're going to see a really good, well-rounded defense. Um, it was already, in my opinion, we were pretty well-rounded already. I think we're just going to be you know a step above last year. Yeah, this is going to be year three uh, in Matt Eberflus' system um, of that cover two, and he he did talk about it that the first couple years he wants to get these young guys in and get them experience, kind of like trial by fire. Um, so these guys already have game experience. They, while they're still young, that's the best way to learn is by getting them out on the field, going through all this. So that way you can correct it Mm -hmm. as you, as you're playing. Um, and it is, like I said, it is year three. It's time to take that, that big jump. And with the additions of DeForest Buckner, who is going to change every single level of this defense. I mean, the, the Colts defensive players say this all the, all the time that the defensive line is the engine for this defense. It what dri- It's what drives it. And when, when you have a monster like DeForest Buckner in the middle there creating that pressure, it's going to make everybody's job a lot easier, and it's going to make everybody better. Um, Xavier Rhodes joining the team. Um, they think he's got a big chip on his shoulder, um, and he can come in and, and get back to that Pro Bowl level. 
Um, so I think you make a great point that it's that this it's a well-rounded team and mm-hmm. it's a defense that is is needs to make that next step. Um, one thing I saw I thought was interesting when he was speaking is he talked a lot about Julian Blackman, um, and while Blackman is still recovering from ACL surgery and probably won't be full strength till probably October, mm-hmm. um, I think the Colts do have a lot of big things in mind for this kid yeah I um, agree. they they were talking about how the first thing that jumps off the tape and and it jumps off the tape when when i was watching too is the, the kid has a nose for the ball he has a lot of turnovers they can play him at safety um he was a corner in college as well line him up on a tight end he can play in the box they have so many different roles for this guy and you think about it the colts love guys that can play a ton of different positions yeah, the versatile guys yeah and it, Again, we keep talking about him, but it just it makes you think about Malik Hooker. Malik Hooker is more they tried playing they have tried playing him more in the box last year and he was pretty successful at it. However, he's seen as more of that roamer in the secondary. Now, if you can have a guy like Julian Blackman who can play deep as safety, but also line up on the tight ends, be able to blitz, things like that. This guy could be the guy that's going to be replacing Malik Hooker after this year. If the Colts don't yeah. re-sign him to a deal or he doesn't pan out, the Colts view Julian Blackman as a as a guy that is a solid, strong or not, not strong safety, free safety in this league. And it's I mean Ballard said it himself after he was drafted. So keep an eye on Julian Blackman this year. I think he can really make an impact and we very well could be seeing the guy that takes over Malik Hooker's position in the future. Absolutely. And Eberflus talked a lot about character as well and mm-hmm. hard you know, these hardworking guys and that's on new guys especially. That's what he talked about you know, about each of them the most, I felt like. Mm-hmm. Um so that just goes to show you now, um, from the highest level you know, in our GM, Chris Ballard, down to head coach, and now we're down to the next level of coaches, offensive and defensive coordinators, that, I mean, that character requirement is mm-hmm. solid from the top to the bottom, you know, and I'm sure if we went right. through the, all of every single list of coach uh, of the coaches, you know, they'd all have that to say. But It's the culture that they wanted to instill, yep. and it's it's now in place, which, yep. is, which is beautiful. It's all coming together. Nick Sirianni, <laughs> uh, you know, obviously he talked about Phil a lot. Um and like I said earlier, um, I was going to end up talking about this. Uh, Nick Sirianni said he's a great player that knows the system, and he's going to make everyone around him better. And he specifically said he's going to make the running backs better, the wide receivers better. And he said backup cornerback. I mean, I love that. I was like, he's going to make the backup cornerback better, you know, just playing across from him. Um, and I thought that was really awesome. Well, I saw a video of – it might have been a couple weeks ago. It was, But it was a Phillip Rivers talking to um, the guys at NC State, his alma mater, and just giving that fiery speech about how hard you have to work and playing for your brothers there. And, it, I mean, it uh-huh. got me fired up. Right. So uh, that's that does not surprise me at all that, that Sirianni said that about him. He was so so excited, and uh, when they brought him into the into the quote unquote draft room, you know the Zoom call, he, the Chris called him and it was like, "Hey Matt, what do you think of?" Or I'm sorry, Nick, what do you think about this offense after we got Jonathan Taylor? And he just was fired up. We're in a headband, his hair's all over the place. He's just woo, just let's screaming, go, let's go, dude. That was awesome. I love that clip. Yeah. <laughs> Excuse me. Um. So yeah, what did you get out of the? Sirianni yeah I thought it was interesting when he was asked about Jonathan Taylor um he was talking about 
the Colts running back situation with Marlon Mack. And it's he says it's not going to be a one-two punch. It's going to be a more of a one-one punch. He thinks that that Jonathan Taylor is is a starting caliber running back in this league. But he but don't dismiss Marlon Mack. And I th- and I loved how he said this that Marlon Mack is a Pro Bowl talent in this league. So they have two guys that can come in and really be every down backs. And you've seen it throughout the years. Every almost every team I should say that that makes a deep playoff run and and competes for a Super Bowl title has multiple running backs that can that can really either take over a game or just be such a vital weapon and well we did when we won the right Super Bowl. when we, we won the road and the die exactly so if we get back to that I mean it takes Jonathan Taylor's addition not only does it help with the explosive plays because of his home run hitting speed it helps take some carries off of Marlon Max to keep Marlon a little bit fresher because we know that Marlon while while a guy that's tough as nails he he does get injured sometimes I mean his rookie year had a torn labrum in his shoulder played through it um and then last year obviously he broke his hand didn't Mm -hmm. even didn't even know it and kept wanting to go back in even with a broken hand things like that so I mean while he does get injured the dude's tough as nails and and will play through some excruciating pain yeah um but I mean, just having that that one one punch. I loved how he's talked about that because not one guy is going to be set back more than another. And and this is something that I've been saying over the past couple of weeks since yeah, we drafted yeah. it. That it's not going to be that one guy is going to take that Jonathan Taylor is going to take over or he's going to be the backup to Marlon Mack. I think they're legitimately going to run with the hot hand. There's going to be a teams that one running back matches up better than the other, and vice versa. And it's going to really be a split situation where they have two number one guys that they can attack defenses whenever they feel like it and mm-hmm. and however they see fit so it's the run the damn ball mantra is not going anywhere and i think it, it's got incredibly stronger this offseason yeah i agree and i mean you said this to me for years when i was constantly screaming for us to sign Le'Veon bell <laughs> you know when's the last right. time uh the number one running back in the league won a super bowl right and i couldn't tell you so it's, it's been a know, long it's time more about that tag team. Mm-hmm. Uh, T.Y. talked to the media this week, too. And honestly, I, the best thing I heard him say was I'm healthy and I'm ready to go. You know, he's mm-hmm. had this offseason to get healthy again. And, that, and that's the most important thing I heard in that entire conversation. Um, I don't really have anything. I, that, I'm so happy he's healthy. Yeah, that's he's, it. he's been working out twice a day every day the the kid the yep. dude is motivated to get back to his his pro bowl level um his all pro level that i think he should have been on a couple mm-hmm. times um he's i mean we we can't say enough about ty hilton he's one of our favorite colts players of all time obviously um one of the greatest wide receivers in colts history i put him right up there with marvin harrison and reggie wayne um and the he, thing I, he could earn his way up to maybe number two. The thing I talked, I thought was most interesting this week. I want to be a Colt for life. Love he that. Ta- they they talked to him a lot you about. You don't hear receivers and and running backs in p- different positions like that say that very often. Right. He wants to be a Colt for life. He's he wants to get the job the co- next contract situation set up. Ty's never played in a contract year because um, before his rookie deal was up, the Colts signed him to that huge extension, mm-hmm. well deserved. And he, he wants to get this done. He They were starting contract talks before the virus hit and slowed everything down. Um, 
but he also said this, the next contract he does sign, doesn't matter how many years, two, three, four, it's going to be his last. When that contract's up, he's hanging him up. So this is the this is the home stretch for the ghost in his career. And um, I do think... I just got so sad. I hadn't heard that. You yeah. You're going to make me cry. In yeah, it, it is oh, sad. No. It's, it's close to the end. But And the thing is, I still think he has the ability to to be a pro bowler and an all-pro wide receiver. So he did say that, that it's up to Mr. Ursay and, and, and Chris to, to get this done and get the contract all squared away because he wants to be here. And I... You know Mr. Ursay stays out of most contract negotiations. He lets Chris do his thing while I don't think this would ever be an issue that that Chris would let T.Y. walk I 100% feel that T.Y. Hilton will sign another contract and finish his career as a Colt I feel like this would be one of the situations where if it did get a little dicey Mr. Ursay would step in and say you know what let's get this done I mean yeah because I mean you got to think about it too there's been so many Colts that that should have retired as a Colt and and it just didn't work out that way I mean obviously with Peyton Reggie Wayne seeing him in a Patriots jersey in training camp was absolutely brutal yeah but he never actually stepped on the field right no maybe one not even a preseason game no I don't think so So that that doesn't count even but so I think but Nick Sirianni even said it that T.Y. Hilton is our alpha dog he's who the pass offense goes through Mm -hmm. he can still get it done for all the people that say he's injury prone obviously do not know what the hell they're talking about well we talked about that i think last week yeah. too he's or maybe it was the week before but we've talked about it. he he's never missed a stretch of games he like missed that until- four games his entire career until last year when he missed six so last year he missed more games last year than he did his entire career and he had a, a almost a torn calf yeah so i mean you're gonna miss games with that i mean that was a, a freak three. accident in 2018, when we were making that push for the playoffs, he yeah. played through an abdominal injury and a high and low ankle sprain on the same ankle. And a shoulder problem, didn't he? Yeah. And, he, and the man was, still goes at going out the there field. and producing. So to say he's injury prone or he's not tough is is absolutely ludicrous. So uh, it made me sad to think that the end is coming for the Ghost um, with the Colts. But at the same time, I do think the contract will get done. I'm hoping it's a it's a three to four year deal because I want him on the team as long as possible. If it's a four year deal, when he finishes, he'd be about 35, so that lines up pretty well. Um, so I'm I just think that Ty's poised for a huge year, and um, I think the contract situation will get wrapped up here, hopefully before the season even starts. Absolutely love love Ty. Uh, and last but not least, Kenny Moore. Uh, you know, I, this was kind of like, uh, the Eberflus. It's nothing he said specifically, but just kind of a theme I saw throughout his interview, um, was just mindset. You know, he said, they're Mm -hmm. not, we're not shaken by these virtual meetings. He's not the only one to say that. I think the Colts have, and obviously I'm not watching all these interviews and stuff for other teams, but I think the Colts are probably up there in the number one teams, you know, handling all this and, and adapting and making Mm -hmm. the best of it. Um, but anyway, not shaken by these, you know, virtual meetings and workouts. He doesn't like, you know, he doesn't love them. He's ready to get back out there. Um, and when he was asked, you know, is 2019 going to, you know, the second half of the season, the defense kind of fell apart, you know, is that going to be used as motivation? He said, I'm not worried about 2019 anymore. We're, our defense is focused on 2020 and being the best Colts we can be. Um, so just, I mean, I feel like, and he's one of the guys that's going to set the tone on that defense, you know, and he, and I think 
we're in the right headspace. Yeah, and I think another thing that was interesting is he's already building rapport with Xavier Rhodes. They've been working out together Mm -hmm. in South Florida, um, and he feels like Xavier is going to bring a presence and a veteran leadership, kind of like Mike Mitchell did a couple years ago. Um, Mike Mitchell came in with all these young corners, showed him how to watch film, prepare for the games, and how to translate that onto the field. I think Xavier Rhodes can can bring that veteran leadership. Again, he's got that chip on his shoulder. He wants to come in and and return to his Pro Bowl form. And yeah. I think he's going to do everything possible to do that. And I think it's, it can only be a good thing for the Colts. And we got two guys, too, in the secondary, you know, that get to have a little revenge game. We got Kerry. We played the Browns this year. And mm-hmm. we play Rhodes. We're playing the Vikings this year yep. as well. So that'll be exciting. I love watching guys get to go play their old teams. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I'm thinking probably each of them get a pick in those respective games. Yeah. Prob- that's just how Could life be. goes. They well, just, they just. That's how it goes. Well, we play, we play game. the Jets this year as well. So, Pierre, oh God, Pierre Desir, Quincy Wilson, Matthias Farley, mm-hmm. um, gosh, Terrell Basham, Josh Andrews. I mean, I'm probably missing. I feel so like many most guys, guys. Nate Harrison. There's like 11 guys that were on the Colts that are now on the Jets. I know I feel, we've mentioned this before, but it's crazy. I feel like most guys not named Eric Ebron leave the Colts on pretty good terms. So I mean, I just can't imagine. Oh, none of oh. those are. I'm not going to say none of them, and I'm not going to say those players aren't a little butthurt, but I'm, I mean, I feel like they've got a good relationship with, mm-hmm. you know, the coaching staff in the front office. So, um, yeah, that's the weekly media segment for the week, uh, for obviously. Uh, <laughs> so uh, last week, you know, we went over the schedule, um, but we didn't really talk about, you know, some of the big games um, around the league as opposed to just our our uh, schedule for the Colts. Yeah. So we've got, I mean, there's a quite a few, especially on week one to start it out. Um, I love this matchup. I can't wait to watch Houston so get I think slaughtered. The first game of the year is Houston at Kansas city. So um, you go about this either way. I mean, if you think Houston is going to compete for the division title, of course, we're going to want Kansas city to beat them so we can get a little up in the, in the division standings. But at the same time, if, if you think the Colts are going to be fighting with Kansas City for home field for the playoffs, do you want Kansas City maybe to drop this game? It, it's kind of like pick your poison almost. Hey, I get your point, okay, and I respect it. <laughs> but I got to be honest, I love me some Patrick Mahomes. I love Pat Mahomes. I love Andy Reid. And I got I I feel like the the Chiefs are just creeping up in my body, being maybe my second favorite team right now. I yeah. I love watching that football team play. They're a fun and team I to love, root for. I love watching Deshaun Watson lose. So yeah, um, I'd I'd rather they they get the win there. Um, this is a fun one. This this prime time too. I think Tampa mm-hmm. Bay and New Orleans. Tom Brady's first game is against Drew Brees in New Orleans. That's going to be a tough environment. It's That's going to be, be a good awesome. game. I think That's it's probably so fun. It might be the Sunday night opener or something like that but uh yeah that'll be a fun one over or under 15 times we hear about how tight the all-time touchdown race is between drew Brees and tom brady <laughs> it'll go back and forth all year long it'll be 15 no, i just mean that night over oh, or under 15 i'm gonna go over over 15 I'll go one over. night and that's just the first game they play twice yeah they're in the same division they get to play twice that's the best part about uh tom brady to go to tampa mm-hmm. um Another week one matchup, Dallas and L.A. Rams. This seems to be um, just a, a consistent theme of a good football game the last few years. Yeah, they, they always play each other tight. Mike McCarthy, will be it'll be his first game as the Dallas head coach. Yep. And, um, I mean, the Rams are wanting to get back to how they were a couple years ago when they made it to the Super Bowl with no Todd Gurley. Um, 
no Brandon Cooks. So mm-hmm. the offense for the Rams is going to look quite a bit different. Uh, and then week two, we got New Orleans and Las Vegas Raiders. Is that the first game in I Las Vegas? I think it is. Or supposed to be? Yeah, the first game in, in Vegas. So And it'll be with Drew Brees coming to town. So Love that. We'll see if they can stop the, the Saints offense and, and get a win for their first game in, in Vegas. And then you've got a good one marked down here, Kansas City versus Baltimore in week three. That's going to be a heck of a game. Yeah. Um, I, well, I, you, you almost want to say revenge game, and then you remember that the Ravens lost to the Titans, not to the Chiefs. Right. So, Well, I think – I'm not sure if they played last year or not, but uh, the, the Chiefs' defense, it seemed like last year, could not stop the run. They certainly couldn't stop it when the Colts played them. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it, this could be a game where, where Baltimore does take over. That defense and kind came of, together late in the year. Though. It did. Um, but at the same time, it's a new year. It could be a little bit of a Super Bowl letdown, and, and Baltimore could run all over them. So it'll be, it'll be a fun game watching the last two MVPs go up against each other. Okay, so week six, uh, Cleveland and Pittsburgh. The, ooh, this is the, this first, is the game first one that they play each other with Miles Garrett, and this one's in in Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh. Oh, it's going to be a feisty uh, Heinz Field. It's going to be wild. Could you imagine if that would have been Big Ben and not? Uh, oh my God, Kyle Rudolph or whatever that dumb Mason big head, Rudolph, Mason Rudolph, big head, yeah. Uh yeah that that's he's not gonna get a, a he would not he, I don't think he'd be living if it was Big Ben he <laughs> <laughs> would not be I think Pittsburgh the Pittsburgh fans would have traveled to Cleveland to find Miles Garrett probably um so that's gonna be real fun to watch uh Green Bay San Francisco that's in that's in San Fran again right yep rematch of the NFC Championship game and and San Francisco <laughs> put it to Green Bay twice last year so. I don't, I don't know about Green Bay. They didn't didn't seem like they made very many additions this year. So San Fran, I, I think Green Bay had one of the worst off seasons in the league. They they certainly weren't at the top. That's no, for absolutely. sure. Absolutely. Um, so it it could be it could be a bad game for Green Bay again against San Francisco. Yeah, and for some reason, uh, Green Bay could not win in California last year. Um, so yeah, this is not going to be a fun game for. For the Green Bay Packers, I don't believe. Uh, Tennessee, Baltimore. Now, here's the... You know what? This might be the best revenge game in the schedule. That'll be a good one, for it's sure. It's up there. Um, Tennessee, Baltimore. Uh, is that in Baltimore, then? It is in Baltimore. Okay. That's going to be a good game. Yeah. Derrick Henry against Mark Ingram and, and Lamar Jackson. So, it'll be a lot of, lot of ground and pound. It'll be... A tough physical game. Now, the, and Tennessee put it to Baltimore in yeah. the in the divisional round, so they got to come back and and hit him in the face. I'd love for a, a Tennessee lost here. That would help us out in the division. Yep, sure would. Love that. Um, and then Kansas City versus Tampa Bay in Week Twelve. The possible future goat against the wannabe goat. Pat Mahomes against Tom Brady. So it's uh it's pretty crazy. That's going to be a fun game. It's in Tampa Bay. So. Both offenses. It'll be a very high-scoring game, I feel mm-hmm. like. So um, that'll be fun to watch. And then we got Philadelphia versus the Seahawks. Why, what, what, what's big about this one to you? About this one is, I mean, they played each other in the playoffs. Um, it seems like they always play tough games. Davion Clowney knocked Carson Wentz out of that playoff game Ooh, last yeah. year with that really late hit. Um, and I, I think Philly fans really have a distaste for, for the Seahawks. So a battle of the birds in seattle i've been there before people say it's the loudest stadium i wasn't too impressed um i think the most impressive thing is they're loud on every down but when 
when it's third down, that's when Lucas Oil Stadium mm-hmm. gets rocking, and it was probably about the same noise level as that's Seattle. That's when we get our bells. So, yeah. We love our the bells. The Hell's Bells. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Cleveland and the New York Giants in week 15. A couple of young quarterbacks going at it. So this, I put this one on here because this will be Odell's first game against the Giants. So... And it's Ooh, in go. and it's in New York, so that'll that'll be interesting to see. You think um, he'll get love coming back in there? Or you think he's gonna get booed? I don't know. I think I feel like I think New York loved. Him. I feel like New York loved him. They. I don't think he requested a trade out of there. I could be wrong. I I don't. Exactly I don't think remember. it came out that he did, but he was he wanted out. Right, and and like you said, the two young quarterbacks, Baker Mayfield and Sam Darnold, drafted one and three in their respect in the same draft. So that'll be the first time they match up as well. Absolutely. So that's it for the games around the league. Going to be some good Um, games this year for sure. Gosh, I can't wait for football. Me neither. Is it September yet? I wish. Wake me up when September starts. (laughs) Okay. That's how I feel about it. All right. So these next few weeks, we're going to roll through um, the different divisions in the league. And I'm going to give a little bit of what I think about um, each team's offseason moves a little bit and... Some big games in their schedule and who I think is going to win the division. And I think uh, we promised you we were going to start with the Super Bowl losers who I think had one really, really good offseason. Um, you know, I, I the first thing I did when I started taking notes for this segment, I typed in 49ers news. And I realized that was the wrong path when the first article I saw was Javon Kinlaw is the next DeForest Buckner, but he's even <laughs> bigger. Okay, he was like he's like three twenty or three thirty something like that, and Buckner's two ninety. He weighs more, but but Buckner's taller. And yeah, I, and, and a better athlete. Yeah, I would I, say I, so. In my opinion, I mean, look at the man; he's just built. Um, so get, don't get me wrong; it, I think Javon Kinlaw is going to be really good, but no draft pick has already been a Pro Bowler. Um, right. You know, and they had a really good draft. They they traded back and still got him. So they got an extra pick on top of uh, replacing you know Buckner with Javon Kinlaw. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, they're, they're just no draft pick is already a Pro Bowler, and you just can't say he's the next Buckner when he hasn't set foot right. on a practice field even. And I do think the trade was a win-win for both sides. I mean, yeah, the, the, I agree. the Colts are in win-now mode. They got an all-pro defensive tackle for that three technique that's going to absolutely change the culture for the defense. It's going to impact all three levels like we've talked mm-hmm. about before. And, and the 49ers... There, I mean, they already have a stud defensive line. You can't pay them all. So they paid yep. Eric Armstead, and they were able to select Javon Kinlaw, a guy that I was very high on. And if the Colts didn't trade for DeForest Buckner, I would have been very happy with taking him at 13. Yeah. Um, so or it, apparently trading down and getting right. him at 14 or whatever they ended up Right. At. So he's he's a very good uh, defensive tackle. He's, he's still pretty raw, but it seems like everything is there for him to be, be a pretty good player for the 49ers. Absolutely. Um, so their schedule, not easy. Um, and they go on a real tough stretch, uh, four tough ones in a row at Patriot at Patriots at Seattle. Then the Packers come to town and I, you know, I, I think that'll be a little easier, but the pressure of a Packers game Mm -hmm. against Aaron Rodgers is big. Um, and then at Saints. Man, that's a tough stretch. I mean, depending on how new England plays, I mean, that could be a, a, a win, but at the same time going at Seattle and then at new Orleans, probably easily both in the top five of toughest places to play in the league so yep that's gonna be a big stretch for the 49ers yeah and five primetime games which by the way in the nfc west real hard 
to uh, figure out. I'm like looking at the times. I'm like, ah, oh, everything's in Pacific. I'm like, so the five o'clock games are prime time. I'm like, what's going on here? Uh, and you know, I think they've a lot of the NFC West has a lot of traveling to the East Coast. So um, I think the 49ers overall, you know, probably, you know, they only really had one way to go, and which was down. And I think they made, you know, they treaded water real well this off season. Um, Seattle, you know, they've got four primetime games, uh, but they get the Patriots at home. Uh, you know, so not any, their schedules are pretty similar. I think they got, uh, AFC East and the NFC East, both, mm-hmm. um, in this division that they're playing. So pretty similar schedule, uh, some off season signings. Uh, they got Greg Olson, uh, as well as the corner cornerback Dunbar, and then they got Philip Dorsett. By the way, yeah. So, Yikes to Dunbar. Uh, Dunbar, possibly. And he sur- I was digging through Twitter while we recorded, and uh, he has surrendered himself to the police. Yeah. Um, we, so, could, we could talk about that real quick. Quentin Dunbar and then DeAndre Baker uh-huh. of the Giants. So they, they both, uh, little news this week is they're being charged with armed robbery and and a bunch of other things they were at a party i guess mm-hmm. and then an argument broke out one of them whipped out a pistol and then they just started taking like what how's that twenty five thousand eighteen thousand dollar watches and, and stuff from people and man just just not a good situation how does that happen you're at a party things break out and you think not only am I going to whip my gun out, I think I'll just rob him while I'm at it. I think they, they, there That's, were reports that they think it was staged because they had three getaway cards, cars outside already. Oh, uh, yeah. Interesting. So this well, <laughs> bad, bad I situation. Didn't, I didn't know anything about it. And my cousin told me yesterday, she goes, sir, are you going to talk about those cornerbacks that got arrested? Yesterday, I was like, what? No, who? And yeah, they she, turned she, themselves I was in. Like, I was like, no. And then I was like, wait, who do these guys play for? And she said, one of them is um, on Seattle. And I was like, oh, yeah, I'll talk about that. <laughs> As a matter of fact, I will. There were uh, there were questions about DeAndre Baker's character coming out of out of college. And that's why I kind of, back then, wanted the Colts to stay away from him. And turns out that was that was pretty accurate. Worked out. Um, well, Seattle, I'll have him start in week one. That's fine. <laughs> that they don't give they don't care about character in Seattle. Um Cardinals I think are going to have a breakout year. Uh, I think Kyler Murray um you know might have a second year like you saw Patrick Mahomes and uh Lamar Jackson have obviously his own style but ha- could have you know a real breakout year. Um second year in Cliff Kingsbury's system. Uh and they made some real good offseason moves. Um they Signed Fitz for another year, and they got Hopkins out there, and Hopkins is just googly-eyed about working with Larry Fitzgerald. Uh, so I think they yeah. have um, DeAndre Hopkins and Larry Fitzgerald on the same team. That's awesome. I mean, good for Kyler. Who did Murray. they have before Bolden? They had Anquan Bolden. Anquan Bolden. That was when that was That's way when back when when uh, Kurt Warner was back on the team and Edron James and all those. That yeah. was a long time ago. Hey, I saw Edron James play as a Cardinal. In the RCA, really? I did. Yeah, nice. I saw. I went to the Cardinals game. Um, so then another thing, uh, but the only thing that concerns me about the Cardinals is their offensive line. They do not have a good right. offensive line, and I don't. I they may have. I'm not uh, very up to date on the Cardinals news. I didn't. Check I don't, their draft. I don't know if they really Cardinal. upgraded their their offensive line much. So I mean, yeah, Car- Kyler Murray is 
is mobile and can really move around and create stuff with his legs. But at the same time, if you're, if you're wanting those, those deep balls to nuke and being able to get it to fits, you're, you're going to need protection. So that, that's a little bit concerning for well, me. Well, if you got these weapons out there for him, if he can get rid of the ball quick enough, you don't need the best offensive line. Peyton Manning showed that over and over and Could over. Could be. Um, and then on top of that, they still had a gr- good running game uh, with Kendrick, Kendrick Drake. Ken- yeah. Kenyon Drake. Kenyon Drake. Yeah. Thank you. Um, goodness uh yeah but i mean he had a really good year last year so good that they were like oh we can let david johnson go yeah well you want the we get the andre hopkins for david johnson and no first round picks no second round picks oh yeah just wild hilarious um the rams uh, so they only had two primetime games i'm sorry back to the cardinals two primetime games uh pretty tough schedule you know like i said they're playing nfc and afc east easiest games for them should be the jets panthers and lions I, and I think that and all should be wins should be. Yeah, I think the Cardinals are going to have a really good year. Um, then going into the Rams. I don't know. Uh, five, five primetime games still because it's uh, L.A. new stadium. They do. That's fair. Um, they do get lucky and get to pay, play the Patriots and the Bears at home. Um, some really awesome new jerseys. I can't I cannot believe all the haters on these new jerseys. A lot of them were saying they were like created jerseys on Madden, but I, I thought they were pretty dope. Hey, honestly. that's fine. <laughs> it's they're in a new city and they're in the city like mm-hmm. where you want to look good. I mean, it's there in New York. Not everybody can be the Chargers and have just the one of the greatest uniform sets of all time. Oh, come on. I, I like theirs, too. But um, the Rams uniform, new uniforms are cool. Okay? I they're cool. DM. They're not one of those teams with a you know long history and tradition of this and that, uh, you know they're they upgraded their look to a more modern thing. I Moving do, on, I do Go like ahead. how they went to just the yellow and and royal blue rather than having yes. that that St. Louis um, Rams I, where that was like that gold brownish. Yeah, hated that. that. Like crap. How about this awesome metallic blue helmet? Those are dope. Yeah, I loved those. Thank you. Okay, moving on from Jersey talk. Um, they had a decent draft. They got another running back to replace uh, Gurley, Cam Akers, mm-hmm. um, and then got a wide receiver, another weapon for uh, that really average quarterback they have over there, uh, Van Jefferson. And they got the tight end, one of the tight ends we kind of like, Bryson Hopkins from Purdue. Um, so there's some new offensive weapons there for um, for the Rams to put to use. Um, man, names are just slipping my head today. They lost Brandon Cooks. Sean. Sean uh, McVay. There we go. <laughs> Man, I'm, my brain's broken today. Um, go ahead. Sorry. So, I mean, they lost Brandon Cooks. Obviously, he had those injury issues with the concussion. So, he, he'll he be the new wide receiver in Houston, uh, replacing DeAndre Hopkins. So, I'd rather have DeAndre Hopkins than Brandon Cooks. But, I mean, Bill O'Brien, you do you, bud. So, it will be right. probably a little bit of an adjustment for the Rams offense. But, I mean, if McVay can bring out his genius, I think Goff probably improves a little bit. He has been steadily improving year and year by year. Yeah, and when he gets to, when he sets his feet and he's got time to throw, he he's he got one of the prettiest deep balls I have yeah, ever seen. He can deliver the ball. It's just when things break down, you can't really count on him. Yeah. Um. So overall, in in the NFC West, um, I think the Niners are still on top here. I think they did enough to to maintain, but the Seahawks are going to be scary. And I'm telling you, the Cardinals are going to be a good team this year. I think maybe I, this is the best division of football. I think right now. Hmm. And that's yeah. another reason I wanted to start with them. I yeah. mean, can you? Who's better? Maybe I, I don't know. You could say the NFC South. 
But then you, I mean, really, I mean, the you can't count on the Bucks yet. The Panthers, uh, the Falcons, maybe. And so you can't say that division. NFC West is up there. I would, I mean, NFC South as well. Um, I would say you never know. AFC the, South, a, the AF, be... AFC North has has the Bengals, Pittsburgh, and then if Cleveland can turn it around. But uh, I mean, yeah, even the AFC but, I mean, South, but, but the Colts are in. Sure, yeah. So, but I think this team's going to have three playoff teams. This I, division, I'm sorry, I very easily could see that with the new expanded schedule or playoffs. I think I think they're going to have three a three playoff team division. Mm-hmm. The first one, um, but yeah, that's it for the NFC West, and I haven't decided what division I'm going to do next week. I'll probably finish with the AFC South. Just makes sense, right? <laughs> we can do um, uh, can do the NFC North next week. You want to do NFC North? Yeah, let's do All it. Right. That's fine. We'll talk about those uh, Packers that did nothing in the offseason. <laughs> Moving on to the new kid at school. So, Andrew, for those who haven't listened, go ahead and give a little uh, description of our fun little segment, the new yeah. kid at school. The new kid in school, we're, we're just going through uh, all the draft picks of the Colts this year, kind of doing one each week to get to know the, the player and the person rather than – um, like giving a scouting report about them, so get a little bit of a backstory on them and uh, kind of know where they where they grew up and and things about their their lives. So um, we started out with Michael Pittman Jr. last week, so we're on to Jonathan Taylor this week. Ooh-wee! So uh, he was selected by the Colts with the forty first pick in the draft. Um, he's from Salem, New Jersey, um, and his father actually played basketball, not football, but basketball at San Francisco State in the eighties. So. And as we talk about Jonathan Taylor, you're going to see it's he's got all different kinds of sports in his background. Um, so he went to Salem High School, and then he actually set the New Jersey record for rushing yards in a season with 2,815 yards, almost 3,000 yards in one year. Um, and then altogether, when he finished his high school career, he had 4,600 yards, 51 touchdowns, and was honored as the Jim Henry Award recipient, which is the best player in the New Jersey, Pennsylvania, and Delaware area. So um, he's obviously very accomplished very early in high school. Um, and he's he was also very accomplished in track, too. Like you said, another sport with, with the Taylor name. So he, he won two state titles in high school in the 100-meter dash. Um, so when he ran the 4.3940 at the Combine, that wasn't very surprising. The kids got blazing speed. Um, and even though he had all these records and, and was a phenomenal athlete, he was only a three-star prospect coming out of high school. And so he originally wow. committed to Rutgers. So imagine Jonathan Taylor playing at that god-awful school in Rutgers. That would have sucked for him. Yeah, but uh, he made the smart decision and switched his commitment to Wisconsin back in 2016. Um, now, when he did come to Wisconsin, obviously three-star prospect, he wasn't the most um, highly sought-after guy. He started at Wisconsin as the fourth or fifth running back, but almost immediately throughout spring ball, fall camp, he he greatly impressed the coaches, and by by uh, the first game of the season for Wisconsin in his freshman year, he was a co-starter already. So, I mean, the guy we've seen time and time again how he puts in the work. He really goes that extra step, and he takes football so seriously um, that I mean, it's it just excites us as Colts fans. Mm-hmm. So, he did reach he reached the thousand yard mark in only his seventh game. It, that's an FBS record. So yes, I mean, the kid just came right out of the gate. Firing. He's got the breakaway talent too. Oh yeah, I dude. mean that's and I'm not saying Marlon Mack had a few 
you know, breakaway runs this year finally. But I mean, you don't see it. Jonathan Taylor has that. Him. I think Jonathan Taylor is just gonna. He has that next level speed. Out. You're right. Um, so he was named first team All Big Ten and a freshman of the year. And then I mean, it just took off after that. So he was named the Doak Walker uh, Award recipient his final two years at Wisconsin, both his sophomore and his junior year, um, which is the award for college football's top running back. Um, he was first team All American both those years, um, and he finished in the top ten in Heisman voting every single year he was sixth as a freshman ninth as a sophomore and fifth as a junior that's very impressive yeah as i mean just the dude is incredible he finished sixth all time in rushing for the ncaa with 6174 yards and he was only a thousand yards away from breaking the all-time rushing record so if he would have stayed for his senior year jonathan taylor would be the all-time leading rusher in in college football history um and he's he's the only player to rush for 6,000 yards in three years in NCAA history. Um, and, and this is something that that's going to be big for his his pro career. He's known as a guy that really takes care of his body. So when guys would would come home from from away games or even after home games, um, a lot of the guys, I mean, for those who have been in college, you're on your weekends. A lot of times you're thinking, oh, where am I going to go out tonight? What parties? What bars? Oh, yeah, Jonathan... shooting out the old text. Where's, where's party tonight? You got party tonight? Exactly. Jonathan Taylor didn't do any of that. Um, after those games, he he would go take care of his body, go to the cold tub, um, go, go get his massages and work done on his body. So that way, when practice came Monday morning, he wouldn't be feeling that, that soreness. He'd be ready to go. And, uh, th- I mean, that just shows the maturity the the um how he takes football so seriously and it's really something that again it's a Colts guy through and through guys that that Chris Ballard is trying to get into this locker room that they're they want to take care of their body um they really want have that high football character and especially being a running back taking all those hits you need to take care of your body and him doing that at such a young age is 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 great to hear and if you ever want to make Money is running back. You gotta, you gotta be healthy. I mean, oh yeah. And the way the NFL works right now, you just, you've got to be available. That's, I mean, that's the biggest attribute to have, is right? Availability, right? And and Frank Gore, look how long Frank Gore's career is going, and he's still he signed still with the Jets. He's got, got another one. So one of the things Frank Gore always said is, as a running back, you need to learn to get to get tackled and not get hit. So. Uh-huh. Rather than taking those big hits, I mean, you need to get your body in the position or be able to go down and not take those huge hits. You're gonna your career's gonna last so much longer. Yep. Um, so that's that's Jonathan Taylor. Now let's talk Love a little him. bit about how hey. he fits with the Colts. Three star recruit is what you said, right? Three star recruit. Second running back taken in the twenty twenty draft. Right. In the second round. Or I think he was the third. Was he? I think no, the Kansas City, Kansas, Kansas City, City got and then theirs. DeAndre Swift was taken by Did the Lions. Oh, Swift got taken. Before. So he was the third, third, but still no, because the first running back taken was by the Chiefs with the thirty-second pick. Yeah. Did the did the, the Lions, Lions have the first pick in the second round? No, the Lions picked him like thirty-six. Taylor was taken like forty-first. Yeah, whatever. He's the best running back. You get it. Anyway. So how he fits with the Colts and and Ballard said this all. He said it over and over again. He calls him a. We've said it over and over again. He's a unique talent, and when you see a unique talent, you go up and get him. And you you don't want to be sitting there and and questioning yourself and hitting and 
hurting yourself over, man, I really wish I would have done that and gone and got that guy. So he's a unique talent. He's got the size, speed, and toughness, everything you look for in an every down back and and what the Colts see as an every down back. And again, he's going to be that one-one punch that Nick Sirianni talks about with Marlon Mack. And it's, it's, it's really going to be devastating for defense. And I'm excited to see how they're going to try to stop both of these stud running backs this year behind that offensive line the the big blue wall as um as you said earlier he's got the home run speed and quickness to get through the holes can be help create more explosive plays that the Colts are always trying to to acquire um and and something that he said he really wants to put more of an emphasis on his pass blocking and receiving to help make his game more well-rounded so he knows the areas that he has to improve in and I think um as well as ball security so he has had he had did have some fumbling issues at Wisconsin but um with the the Colts running back coach emphasizes ball security so much I've seen you've seen plenty of really good running backs come mm-hmm. out of college with a fumbling problem and not have that issue in exactly though and you've seen running backs that didn't have a fumble problem in college come out and all of a sudden have one in the NFL so right. I'm sure we'll get that addressed and mm-hmm. taken care of yeah today. and uh, and like I said he's a Colts guy through and through very respectful football characters off the charts um, I mean in his post after he was drafted he called uh, Philip Rivers Mr. Rivers love that the the man is is very respectful he's ready to get to work i've been seeing videos of him working his butt off um this offseason getting in even better shape than he already is so um i know you feel the same way i do really excited to have jonathan taylor as a colt and uh can't see what the future holds could be the next great running back for the colts with uh i mean we've got lenny Since moore Edwin james probably we've got lenny lenny moore eric dickerson Edron James and Eric Dickerson just finished his career with us. Right? Didn't Ricky Williams come play for us for a hot minute? It was the different Ricky Williams. Different Ricky Williams. Yeah, but uh, Lenny Moore, Eric Dickerson, Marshall Falk, Edron James. Uh, I Jonathan Taylor could be. Me and my mom don't like Marshall Falk. Really? Yeah, because he was always hurt for us. Then he goes to the Rams, never gets hurt one single time, and that (laughs) is an all-time career. It's bull crap. Um, And then. At least Edge stuck it out with us after he got hurt, and he mm-hmm. still, he didn't really have much of a downfall. But yeah, uh, I I think this might be one of those guys that hopefully you know when it comes time, he you know we can pay him and it'll be worth it. Um, but yeah, that's it. So Andrew's gonna go watch NASCAR's back. NASCAR's back today, baby. This episode probably won't come out before the race, but uh, if you're listening, if you're listening on Sunday afternoon, three thirty on Fox, NASCAR's back at Darlington. It's going to be crazy because the first laps these guys are going to be taking will be today, green flag going into turn one. Last laps they took on an actual track was in beginning of March. So uh, That's so crazy. So they're going to be screaming I off into turn one this. at 150, 160 miles an hour at one of the toughest tracks in the entire NASCAR circuit. You better watch. It's going to be fantastic, and I can't wait to... Uh, get nascar if there was if there was ever a nascar race to sit down and watch this is going to be one of them and the thing is too with with nascar trying to catch up there's going to be seven races within 11 days the next 11 days so if if you can't watch it today maybe check out see when it's going to be on there's going to be another race on wednesday night what do the drivers say have to say about that they're just happy to be back, dude. Yeah, they're None all racing. Pissing and moaning about seven races in eleven days. No, that's I, awesome. I think Kyle Busch is going to be running all of them. Maybe or not. Not everybody's doing this. Well, 
there's seven races total because there's going to be running the Xfinity series and the truck series, which are like the oh, lower levels. Okay, so of NASCAR. you just mean there's the, seven. The, the organization races. is doing yes, there's okay. Seven total races. Now the Cup series is going to have like four within the eleven days. Okay, but uh, as an as NASCAR as a whole, with the the lower series of Xfinity and trucks, there's going to be seven within eleven days. So awesome. Kyle Busch is running all of them, and I mean that doesn't surprise me at all. Kyle Busch is will drive anything right but um if you can't catch it today maybe catch it this week's wednesday 7 30 um again they're gonna race another one at darlington so it's it's gonna be a blast i really you should give it a chance and uh and check it out there's no other sports on what else are you gonna well, do? well you can watch the ufc fights from last night still <laughs> um and then watch the last dance so there's plenty of other options last but dance anyway we haven't talked about that's what that, i'm gonna go we haven't maybe we wa- talk about it after let's it talk about up. the last we got dance. a last dance segment next week let's do it. um so Go follow us at The Educated Fan, at T-H-E-E-H-D-U-C-A-T-E-D-F-A-N. That's the one time you get. Um, follow us, review us, uh, You know, tell your friends to listen. We want to see these numbers start to go up, up, up. Shout out to our listeners in Ireland. Shout out to our probably one listener in Ireland. Ireland, we're international. He's in Dublin. I did some research. I dug He's in. He's in Dublin. He's in Dublin, Ireland, the best city in Ireland, some say. I used, have a, I used to have this old sweatshirt that had said Dublin on it. I have no idea where I got it. I think Congrats. it was a Christmas gift. <laughs> Just, I lo- I've loved it. I wore it all the time. All right, that's it. We will see you guys next week. See you. Peace. Hey. Here comes the. Here comes the. Here comes the. Y'all don't really want it like yeah. Here comes the. So I keep big bills up in my heart on the dirty like blood so ain't got no